are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I will speak to you this morning on He Loved Them Unto the End. He never stopped loving them. I'm glad that's in the book. And I'm glad he has given me access to that part of the book. And I'm glad that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable to us. This is profitable this morning. This is what our Lord said. Now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world under the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He never stopped loving them. And no matter what they did, he just never stopped loving them. Is there anything better in life, in our journey through life, in having someone, at least one, more if true, but at least having one person that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that's going to keep right on loving you? When you're failed and when you're not what you ought to be, and not what you could be. But now they just don't give up on you. They just keep right on, right on loving you. Uh, it, it's been my joy, as I said, for these 60 years now, this past May, this May will be 61, that I've had this, uh, this sweet lady at my side. And I, I can confess openly that through those 60 years, I, I know that there are times when I just wasn't all that I could have been. And there are times I wasn't there when I, I know that uh, it would have been good for me to be there. And there were times when I wasn't as thoughtful as uh, I, I should have been. But I knew every time when I came home, Come on. I know every night when I lay by the bed and by her side, I lay by somebody who just kept on loving me. Never has stopped loving me all of those years. And boy, that's, that's what gives you the strength that you need and the help that you need and in the journey along the way and, and when the world's through with you and, and when your friends don't have any use for you anymore and, and it seems like there's no love out there at all. It's good to know that you got someone who just keeps right on loving you, even though you're just not as everything that you could be. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ said. It's wonderful to know that, that I have a wife or you have a husband or we have friends like that. But think about this, that the King of Kings, the Lord of Eternity, has said He loves you and I'm going to keep on loving you. 
And you're going to maybe fail, but I'm not going to quit loving you. I'm going to try to get you up. And I'm going to try to get you to keep on loving me. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful to know that, that we have a Savior, that we have a God that just don't give up on us. That loves us. Started loving us from the foundation of the world. Loving us when we were yet sinners and still just keeps right on loving you. If there's anything that ought to inspire or stir you or me to give everything we've got to him and love him with all that we have to love him with, it ought to be the very fact that he loves us and loves us to the end. When you and I breathe the last breath, we will have breathed that last breath and God will have known and you will have known that he has loved us to the very end. Amen. Amen. Mm. What could I say about it? I thought about that when I read it. I thought about my own life and my own relationship that I chose when I asked my wife to marry me, but with that relationship comes responsibilities. And with those responsibilities come accountabilities. And I thought about this love of the Lord for us. And I thought to myself, this is nothing but divine love herein is divine love when he said he loved them he loved them with divine love and I think probably is the best expression that we can make of it is what is said in John 15 9 when he said as the father hath loved me so have I loved you and who, who could ever fathom the depth that God had for his only begotten son? No songwriter has been able to fully put it into words to sing. No poet has ever been able to fully put it on print. We have preached about it. We have talked about it. And and uh, sung about it, we have, but we have not fathomed the depth of that divine love. It, it, it is unexplainable. It, it, is, uh, it is like what I believe, and I said that I asked for this song this morning to give it to me in the words, the love of God is greater than tongue or pen can ever tell. Uh, it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Uh, could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God would drain the ocean dry. Amen. I couldn't explain divine love. But he said, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And the way he loved me, that's the way I love you. 
I, I can't fathom the depth of it, but I sure do like it, don't you? When we were turning our backs on him, he was giving his back to the smiters, according to the scripture. And when we were saying away with you in my life, he was saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. I'm glad he didn't give up on you, and I'm glad he didn't give up on me. I'm glad he just kept on loving me when I didn't want him. He wanted me. And when I wasn't looking for him, he was looking for me, and I'm glad he found me. Amen. This is nothing in the world but divine love. It can't fully be explained. It is unfathomable, but it is divine love. But herein also, ladies and gentlemen, is inseparable love. I like what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and what Paul says, but Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, inseparable love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? All hell can't. All the demons can't. Nothing can because he is greater than everything. He's bigger than anything. He's God. I won't take time to read all of those verses, but you know what they're saying. But in verse 38, he continues to say, And I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, powers, things present nor things to come, height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Herein is it inseparable love. Here is love that's so far-reaching that time could not uh, uh, put it down and could not stop it. And when you think about keeping on loving you and keeping on loving me to the end as you think about your personal life, and I begin to look back at the life of his disciples of whom he spake here in the verse. And he loved them unto the end, but I begin to think, well, you know, when I read the life of some of these that followed him, they weren't always as faithful as they ought to be. And they were not always as strong as they ought to be. But he kept on loving them. He didn't give up on them. I ought to give you a little encouragement today. Amen. Think about this. When I looked at the scripture, I found that he kept on loving them even in their misguided ambitions in life. When I read over in the book of Mark in chapter 35, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. He said unto them, What we do that I should do for you. And they said unto him, Grant us that we may sit one on the right hand and the other on the left hand in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, You know not what you ask for. A misguided ambition. And while they were looking for a seat, Jesus was looking for just servants. 
Sometimes we're looking more for a seat than we should be for service for the Lord. And I won't dwell on that. But I thought back in my own personal life, I wonder how much of my uh, 50-some-odd years of preaching and 40-some-odd years of pastoring, I, I wonder how much of it might have been self-seeking. Really just wasn't for him and for his good and for his glory. But I'm glad he didn't give up on them. He didn't give up on them, and thank God he didn't give up on me. He kept on loving them, even with their misguided ambitions, and he kept on loving them in, in the time of their failures. He kept on loving them. When you read over here, and we're going to the Gospels, you read, he goes to Gethsemane, and he says to his disciples, he said, Tarry ye here and pray while I go yonder. And he came and found them in failure they didn't pray and he said it again and and every time he came I think three times he came back and every time they had failed to pray when he had asked them to pray but but he didn't give up on them he didn't just quit on them I like what the Bible says in the book of Matthew's gospel in chapter 19 and verse 30 and 34, uh, then went there, brought unto him little children that he should put his hands upon them and pray. And the disciples rebuked him, but Jesus said, Suffer little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and then departed. Hence, they fail to see the importance of children. But he didn't give up on them. He said, you let them come. Thank God for your buses. Thank God for your teachers back there that reaches out a hand to help a little primary or beginner. Thank God for those bus drivers and thank God for those bus captains. Go out here and find these little children. Put out a hand to a little guy or a little gal and get them on a bus and help them get them to a Sunday school class. Hey, what you're doing is big. Real big. You that put your hands on that wheel, drive that bus. Those hands are precious hands. You're going out to the highways and the hedges and finding some little boys and girls and men and women and bringing them into the house of God where somebody else can take up and, and level them in a Sunday school class. Hey, they fail to see the importance of children. Thank God that's not the case here. The Bible said, and he, he laid his hands on them. Thank God for every hand that will reach out to a little one, little boy or a little girl and love them for Jesus' sake. Thank God for that. I, I'm glad for our bus ministries we always had in our churches down in Florida. Just a little bit ago, two, three years ago, a man called me and he said to me, he said, Preacher, said, we've been looking for you. We lost track of you. We don't know where you are. But thank God we found you, and uh, I want you to know and want to thank you for sending out the buses out into the wilderness and down in Florida and said we were a family of 14 that came from Cuba, 
and said, uh, we came on the bus. You sent the bus out to get us. And I want you to know that at least two of us, my brother and I, we were nine and ten, that, and uh, we were in that group. And I want you to know that we are saved. We want to thank you for coming and getting us. And I want you to know that both of us are preachers. And said, I'm preaching down here in West Palm Beach, and my brother's down in Lakeland, Florida, and we want you to come down here, preach on the bus ministry. I said, hang me on, bud, I'm coming. Carl Fuentes, the bus kid. I don't know which one of the bus captains just reached out to get a hold of the little kid. But thank God he kept on loving them. And you know, we had so many failures in our lives, we've probably forgotten so many of them. We fail a lot of times in our lives, but thank God He keeps on loving you. He wants us to get up out of failure. He wants to get back on the track and keep going again. How many times have I failed, but He just kept on loving me all of the time. He kept on loving them in their weaknesses. At their weakest time. Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, I won't believe it unless I can see the nail prints in his hands. And he didn't give up on Thomas. He kept on loving him. When you read the scripture, and when they gathered together when Thomas was there, that's, what, that's the one he went to. He went to Thomas and said, Thomas, is this what you needed to see? And that's all Thomas needed to see was those nail prints and then the side that was pierced. I, I, I'm glad he didn't give up on Thomas. Thomas was glad he didn't give up on him. He didn't give up on those two on the road to Emmaus uh, when they were walking away in their weakness and their lack of faith. And the Bible says that he went and found them and walked with them. And caused their hearts to burn and they turned around and went back. Thank God sometimes when you just, we're going in the wrong direction. Thank God he still keeps on loving you. He wants to turn you around, wants to get you going back to the place where you ought to be. I'm glad in my time of weakness or in my failures he keeps on loving. When Simon Peter cursed and denied him, he didn't give up on him. Thank God he didn't give up on him. But he went and found him. He was fishing. But he built a little fire. <laughs> Put some fish on it. And somebody was saying, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. You know what the story about that. But he loved them. Thank God he didn't give up on Peter. And all he wanted to know, he didn't chide him. He didn't jump on him. He said, you ought to be ashamed of the way you did and how you reacted, how you denied me. Never said a word about that. He kept on loving him to the end. And he said, all I want to know, Peter, is do you still love me? And Peter said, yes, I love you. And yes, I love you. And thank God he doesn't give up on us. He doesn't. He doesn't give up simply because we fail. He doesn't give up because we have, are not where we ought to be or what we're doing all of the time, mis misguided ambitions. Thank God he doesn't give up on us. We got the idea sometimes if we do wrong that God don't love us anymore. 
but he does. And I was reading the story of, of two, a father who heard uh, his older boy say to the younger boy, uh, said, the older boy said to the younger boy, said, son, said, uh, you know, if you do that, that's bad. Dad's not going to love you if you do that. And he heard him, so he called the older boy to him. He said, son, he said, that's not exactly right. He said, I want you to understand this, that when you, when you do good, I'm going to love you with a good love. And even when you do bad, I'm going to love you, but will be with a hurting love, but I'll still keep on loving you. Thank God he just keeps right on loving us. I hasten to be through. Here is inseparable love, but here is constraining love. Constraining love. <laughs> uh, Spurgeon said it like this. A good, a good rendition could be, uh, here is restraining love. Because when you really love him like we can and why we ought to love him, it will restrain us from doing a lot of things. Why have I stayed? One of the reasons staying with this woman for 60 years and uh, not leaving for another and not chasing off after another, my love for her was so great it restrained me from leaving her. Boy, I'm glad that it restrained me. And Spurgeon said it might be rendered restraining love from self-seeking. It forbids us to pursue any purpose but the highest purpose that God may have for us. What constrained Paul to leave the prestige and to leave the power, to leave the position that he had? Love did that. What drove him through the stripes and the imprisonments, the death, and having said, as he writes in the scripture, imprisonments more than you all, tears more than you all. What was it? The love of Christ constraineth me, the Bible says. Here's what is said of Hudson Taylor as he interviewed some missionaries or those who had committed their lives to the mission field. And I read it, Hudson Taylor was interviewing some young people who had volunteered for the Lord's service and he asked practical questions to find out how well qualified they were for the life they were anticipating. And why do you wish to go uh, as a foreign missionary? I want to reach others across the sea because Christ has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. One replied, another said, I want to go because millions are dying over there, never having heard the gospels. Others had similar answers to give. Then Hudson Taylor included, looked at them and thoughtfully for a moment and then said, all your motives are good, but I fear they will fail you in the times of severe testings and tribulations especially if you're confronted with the possibility of having to face death for your testimony. The only motive that will enable you to remain true to stand is in 2 Corinthians 5.14, Christ's love constraining you will keep you faithfully in every tribulation. Amen. Here is constraining love. 
Oh, if we love, Paul said this, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which should live, not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And that word constraineth here seems overmasters. His love just overmasters me. It just takes control of me. Thank God for a person or a crowd of God who has love like that. That it just takes charge of you and takes charge of your life. I hear a lot of folks say, well, I love the Lord. But there's a lot of difference between talk love and walk love. Real love just walks for the Lord. I, so much I could say this morning. I'll leave you with these two quickly. Here is sacrificial love when you look at it. He gave himself in the cradle and to the cradle for me. He gave himself to the cross willingly for me. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. I just wonder how much, how deep my love is. Is it deep enough in my heart, in my life, to cause me to give to him? What have I given to him? John 14, 15 said, If you love me, keep my commandments. If I love is not right, our life is never going to be right. And God is looking for someone just to fall in love and stay in love with him. I will leave you with this one thought from John 21, 15. Here is seeking love. He is seeking love. Because he said to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, do you love me? Just if you love me, that'll take care of it. If you really love me. You know, people that really love the Lord can get out of the way sometimes. Can even let sin get in for a short time. It did into Peter's life. It destroyed his fellowship with the Lord for a short period of time. It shortened his fellowship for a short period of time. But God didn't give up on him. The Lord Jesus didn't give up. He went and found him again. It could be this morning that God is just looking for somebody that thinks that God doesn't love you anymore like he used to. Because you fail or in a time of weakness when you were supposed to be there and you wasn't there. You're supposed to be counted on and you wasn't counted on. You had a place to stand, but you don't stand there anymore. And maybe God's looking to just encourage your heart. That's what he did. 
He found those two on the road to Emmaus and encouraged their hearts and turned them around. Found Simon Peter and he got back up. Got back up again. And you know the story. He got back up again and never went down until they hung him upside down, history tells us, because he fell anew in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. My question to you this morning is, as you think about what he said, I love them that thou gavest me. I love them unto the end. Never gave up on them. Don't give up on him. He won't give up on you. there that's never been saved, never come to Christ, never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. Hey, He loves you. He has already proven to the world that He loves you and says and invited you to come unto Him and this morning you could do that very thing. You could come and get a love like you've never had before in all of your life. You can get that. You can get a love with promises that you couldn't get anywhere else in life. And so I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And I'm going to ask you for just a second to keep looking at your life because I don't think I could really try to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and, and ask the Holy Spirit to help me in doing that. That somewhere along through the message, God might be looking at your heart and speaking to your heart and saying, you know, I have failed the Lord. But you know, it's good to know that he still loves me and that I'm still usable. That he'd still like to use me. And I was weak, but he, he still loves me and cares for me. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.